my wonderful friend. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. Welcome to this program which we put together for you every week from Monday to Friday, 5 to 6 here in uh, South Australia, but uh, different times depends where we where you live in uh, in this country. But also we are going on the internet and don't forget about um, this because you can listen us on uh, Faith FM app, Faith FM Australia. Uh, this is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. And this is the, the program where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, your host, and I'm so glad that you join us today. Thank you for tuning in. But with me today here in the studio is Tracy Papandreou, our co-host. Tracy, good to have you with us. Thanks, Nick. It's good to be here. And it's also good to have uh, with us David Lima uh, over the phone from the beautiful uh, city of Port Augusta. David, good to have you with us. Thank you, Nick. Uh, Tracy, great to be with you. Hi. Hey, we are in uh, for a, a treat um, uh, tonight uh, because we are talking about money. And you know, everyone loves money. Do you love money, David? Well, I appreciate its wonderful value, but uh, the love of money, of course, is the root of all kinds of evil, so we have to be very careful. <laughs> very well said. What about you, Tracy? Uh, I appreciate the fact that it can make life a lot easier, um, but yes, I understand it's important to have balance, and loving it is a bit of a problem. Look, uh, for the whole week, we looked after this uh, theme, you know, uh, money, wealth, and the church. And um, we talked during the week, you know, we asked a few questions like, um, what does Christ teach about money and wealth? Another question we looked at was, uh, could uh, ancient financial principles help us today? I thought that was a good question also. And uh, yeah, we look in the Bible, even in the Old Testament, to, to see what the Bible has to say about money and wealth. Also, uh, doesn't Christianity promise prosperity? You know, we live in a time, uh, David and uh, uh, Tracy, where prosperity gospel is preached a lot. And people talk a lot about money. Give us more, more and more. And um, just last night uh, with uh, our friend uh, Hugh, um, I was able to, um, to talk to him last night uh, and ask this question, how does the church use money? I think a very good question because, you know, uh, we hear on the news uh, quite often the, um, you know, wrongdoings of uh, many churches, you know, how they, uh, they uh, uh, administrate Money, unfortunately, yes. And we learn about people who are very, very rich uh, in the churches, and they are living a very luxurious life, having all sorts of things. You know, uh, not only gadgets, but uh, you know, um, aeroplanes and boats and all those things. You know, but yeah, we talked a little bit about this because God's uh, will is not to. Uh, accumulate money for ourselves, but uh, money is a blessing from God, um, and we need to to use it uh, very wisely, very wisely, because God entrusted us to 
you know, to administrate, if you like, uh, what he owns. Because, you, see, you know, in the Bible, God says that um, I own the cattle of, of the hills, you know, and all the gold is mine, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Hey, today we are going to look into this question, um, uh, David and Tracy, uh, what does the Bible say about giving and generosity in principle you know and uh, i'm looking forward to see what we can uh, come uh, up with you know uh, some teachings of uh, from the bible and uh, maybe just from even from your own experience because both of you um, you are uh, practicing christians you know uh, and by the way uh, for those of you who may not um, tune in before, this is probably the first time I have uh, with me here in the studio Tracy Papandreou. And Tracy is very passionate in uh, sharing the good news, the gospel with as many people as possible. And Tracy worships at Brighton Church here in Adelaide, South Australia. And uh, if you like to visit that church, please feel free. And I like to put this plug in right now, actually. Tomorrow, if you have a bit of free time... It's something special at uh, Brighton because we have our friend, um, the producer, and uh, also uh, in the leadership of Faith FM Radio, coming from Melbourne. He's coming to Brighton Church in the morning. We'll be blessed. Yeah, eleven o'clock. If you are around, or if you like to catch up with Ruby Bergam, he does uh, one of the programs. He he has very good stories. uh, Faith experiment. Uh, yeah, you can see uh, Robbie in person tomorrow at uh, Brighton Church. That's on number 10, Amelia Street, Hove. If you like to uh, visit us there. And Tracy will welcome you there uh, because she's a member of that, that church. And myself, I try to go there too. And also David Lima. David comes with us quite regularly every Friday for a short time and sometime for the whole hour. Uh, David is the director of Family Voice Australia for uh, South Australia and Northern Territory. And David, we always appreciate your uh, uh, input uh, to this program. Thank you very much, Nick. And my dear listener, I would like to invite you to be part of this program today. And you know that you can uh, do that by sending us a text message, sharing your thoughts, sharing a, maybe, maybe have a question in regard to the topic which we discuss, or even about how the church administrates money. Uh, what's your experience with this? You can do that if you send the text message to 04-8880811. Please, please um, save this number, write it down, because uh, we'll come later on also with the wonderful book uh, which we have prepared for you uh, today, The Giving uh, Equation. But we'll come um, with some details and the code uh, which you need to, uh, to send as a message again, and you'll receive this book uh, from us free of charge. All right, David, uh, maybe I will um, just start with you to ask um, a couple of questions uh, in regard to this. Uh, now, um, you know, from Family Voice Australia, you know, uh, what is the biblical uh, value of giving and generosity? What do you share there with your uh, uh, mm. church and, you know, your friends or your ministry, to say so? Yes, yes. Well, we are a faith-based ministry, Nick, which means that we rely upon the generosity of others. Mm-hmm. And this is a wonderful biblical principle. It's a theological principle because, of course, God has gifted to all of humanity this wonderful cosmos. And though we've rather messed things up from time to time, nevertheless, as we look at the world, we see 
the character of God as a generous father, the, the incredible beauty of creation, and uh, even, even the goodness of family, uh, ideally in Christ, but even for those who are not Christians, they can still wonderfully enjoy family relationships. And so this is all part of God's gifting to us. And it includes money, of course. And uh, right there at the beginning of the book of Genesis, we see this uh, fascinating reference to the gold of the land of Ophir. Now, this is before the fall. We're mm-hmm. talking about uh, Genesis chapter uh, 2, which uh, says there that in the land of Havilah there is gold. The gold of that land is good. And the text also speaks about the goodness and the use of aromatic resin and Now, onks is a precious gemstone. Mm. This is the pre-fall narrative. So before there was such a thing as sin, there was such a thing as gold, aromatic resin, onks, and even the concept that the the gold of that land is good. So we've got metallurgical analysis conceptually before the fall. So uh, what I'm driving at is is that the use of resin and the use of onks, uh, that is, uh, special stones, gemstones and such like, and the use of gold. It, it's given approval before sin entered the world. In other words, these things are good. And so getting back to your earlier question, you know, money, money is a good thing uh, when it's used rightly, and it's, uh, the, it's the love of money which is the real problem. Mm, mm, absolutely right. Now, uh, David, you mentioned this uh you run, uh, you know, you are part of uh, an organization which is non-profit organization, is it? Mm. Yeah, mm. and then you relay many times, even on, as you said, on the generosity of anybody, but uh, even on the government, are you? Because the <laughs> government sometimes can uh, can help with uh, with uh, if you have specific projects, you know, the government can help. Now, yes, yes. Uh, can I ask you this? Um, in 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 what ways uh, does government make uh, make mistakes in in regard to generosity, or is yes, helpful? This is a fa- fascinating question. Uh, the more we rely upon government, the more we have to pay effectively twice, because we're paying not only for the, the goods and services that government may provide, but we're paying also for the mess that they make in delivering them. Mm. So, I mean, I love I love government. Don't get me wrong, but government is the most inefficient means of solving the world's problems. Uh, President Ronald Reagan some years ago said the, the most dangerous nine words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. So right. we, uh, we used to say the Lord is my shepherd and therefore I shall want nothing. But now increasingly we're saying the government is my shepherd and uh, it's going to tax me and I'll happily pay my taxes uh, even though uh, we are uh, causing a, a huge inefficiency in the delivery of services. There are some things which only government can do, like, uh, for example, handling defence of the nation. So I've got no difficulty there. But increasingly, people are looking to the government to put food on the table for for kids. You know, you send kids to school. Well, where's the where's the government run breakfast program, or uh, where, where's the lunch program, and so on? So we we're forgetting that the Bible really speaks about people settling down and earning. Uh, in order to meet their own needs. Paul writing to Titus said, our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. 
So right. here we are in South Australia and in, in some suburbs of South Australia, we have now five generations which have never worked and have been permanently on welfare. So a child born into that circumstance really doesn't have much hope to become uh, self-sufficient and live uh, a productive life. Mm, mm. More than that, Paul writing to the Ephesians says that uh, it is good to work doing something useful with our hands so that we, we may have something to share with those who are in need. So here it's, it's not the government that's meeting the, ne- the needs of people, it's God's people. And that really is the way it should be. Uh, government should be should be handling things like defence, and uh, it should be uh, maintaining security. The police force, for example, that's a very good mm. use of public money in order to secure uh, community security and safety. But uh, welfare is another matter, and we really haven't looked very closely at this as God's people, nor really as a community. All right. Now, also, David, uh, how can ordinary people uh, give generously? You know, you, I, I believe you came across uh, people because you visit many groups, many churches, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. people sometimes even approach you, you know, uh, in regard to giving. Yes, yes. Well, we are most grateful for those who are in a position to support us. And people are in a position to support worthy charitable endeavors to the extent that they are wealth creators so this is something we don't really explore very much in our churches i must say because um, the, the, the churches have largely followed the world into thinking that somehow being wealthy is a bad thing um, now uh, jesus warned about the rich but you can be equally in a state of uh, unrighteousness and and poor as you can be rich but uh, it is hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Mm. Nevertheless, uh, Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan. We may come to that a bit later. And the whole notion of helping others is, is biblically based. But you can you can only help people if you've got uh, money to spare. So Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher famously said, no one would remember the Good Samaritan if he'd only had good intentions. He had money as well. Right. And then we, we think of Job, uh, the book of Job, that marvelous yes. uh, story in the Old Testament. Uh, he he was very generous to the needy, and uh, he was also the richest man in the region. Absolutely Abraham was right. a very wealthy man as well. He had his own private uh, army of uh, 318 militia on the payroll, so he was a very, very wealthy man. You know, we read about him going to Egypt and, and Pharaoh uh, meets with him, you know. So Abraham is a man of standing that uh, that would be welcomed as a dignitary by Pharaoh himself. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are many examples. Joseph of Arimathea in the New Testament is another one who was wealthy enough to have his own rock-hewn tomb. And then uh, in the book of Acts, we read about people selling their property to donate to the church. Well, again, these are Christians who are owning property. Absolutely. And some of them from time to time would make this donation. Absolutely right. And I'm glad that you mentioned all those names, you know, in the Bible. And uh, by the way, if you remember the passage in Job where um, it speaks about his generosity, pro- probably you will be able to share with us as, uh, as we go. Um, but uh, you mentioned yeah, about the uh, Samaritan, you know, the story of the mm. Good Samaritan and mm. his generosity. Um, I mean, to help a, even a stranger, you know, not only a stranger, but, you know, there was a bit of a clash in between um, Samaritans and maybe Jews. Hey, what do you think about that? Yes, absolutely. Now, he, 
gained wealth either through his own business or by working for someone else or it was an inheritance. But either way, someone had to create that wealth. So we create wealth by taking rubbish and applying wisdom and hard work and transforming it. So mm. we take, we take the, uh, the sand, which is worthless, and we apply wisdom and knowledge and we make the silicon chip. So this is progress and that's part of the way God has made the world. He, he wants us to excel in craftsmanship. And, in fact, he confirms his covenant according to the book of Deuteronomy by giving us the capacity to produce wealth. So the Good Samaritan really understood that. As you've pointed out, he used his wealth to help others even though they were enemies of his mm, people. Mm. And more than that, and this is a really tantalizing aspect of the story often overlooked, the Good Samaritan had a credit rating. So he was able to go to the innkeeper and say, here's, here's some money, uh, and when that runs out, keep providing the service to this poor fellow and when I come back I'll square the account with you. Yeah. So he had a credit rating and this really underscores the virtue of borrowing. Uh, Jesus himself said uh, in another parable uh, you, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned I would receive it back with interest. So again the virtue of borrowing, lending, of earning interest and of making money is there, mm. not for its own sake, but for the glory of God. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, David, for sharing all uh, on those uh, aspects. Um, I'm tempted to ask you a question. I'm not sure if I should do it or not, but, um, you know, we are now in the um, uh, last week of the, uh, you know, this election uh, and all the politics going on. Uh, what's your view on those um um, declarations, you know, uh, okay, if I'm elected, I will raise the uh, income like 5.5% uh, or so on and so forth. Well, uh, journalist Peter Credlin pointed out that it's not within the ability of government to improve people's income directly through uh, increasing wages. But w wages are set by uh, external bodies to government mm -hmm. at an arm, arm's length from government. So it's a bit uh, cheeky of the RLP to do that. Um, nevertheless, that's what they've done. Um, they are coasting towards a victory if the opinion polls are correct, mm -hmm. although it's still a week away, uh, although people are voting even as we speak. Um, but as Prime Minister Harold Wilson of Britain famously said, a week is a long time in politics, mm -hmm. so who knows what may happen. You're right. I just saw a, a news report that I found rather disturbing today, which is that the Morrison government uh, had um, had provided money in support of the sale of the port of, or the the, yeah, the 99 year lease of the of the port of Darwin to mm, China. Mm. Um, so that this is probably the last thing that uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison needs a week out from an election. So yeah, and probably um, that's the nail in the coffin, you know, for uh, yeah for him. Well, again, <laughs> you know, it's a it's a uh, it's a, uh, a risky man. Mm. Who, who makes a political prediction? So I do, I do know such thing. But if the polls are right, um, at the moment things are looking very bleak for the coalition. They have been in power for some time, and it's kind of within the nature of the Australian people to say. Well, you've had a good go now, and it's time for someone else yeah, to Yeah, to go. change. And that, that's what I didn't want to really go into the politics, but I was tempted, you know, and <laughs> forgive me for this uh, question. But, uh, David, it was very good to have you with us. Hey, if you have time, and if you can stay with us, please stay with us, uh, because uh, we are going to have a short break right now, uh, and then um, I'll come to Tracy a little bit to see what she can share with us uh, today also. But, uh, before I even uh, I'm going to the break here, I think it's the right time to 
give you, my dear friend, uh, that uh, free offer which we have for today, and it's called the equ- the giving equation. Is by uh, Ken Long, and this is a wonderful uh, book. Um, you may have questions, uh, you know, like this. It's it's logical that if I give a certain amount of money, I have less money left to live on, right? You may ask that question, and probably that's why giving it's it's a struggle for some time f- uh, for us. Uh, that's practically simple mathematics, you know. But uh, it's also an equation that makes many people reluctant to give. Now, the giving equation provides a fresh way of thinking about stewardship, explaining two different mindsets towards our personal finances, the G economy and the me economy. And I hope you can uh, relate to that. And uh, far from causing us to lose out, Giving has things to offer us that led to an ab- abundant life now and for eternity. I hope that you can experience this. And if you like this uh, wonderful book, my dear friend, you need to send a text message to us right away, right now, with the code SA44. SA stands for South Australia, number 44. No breaks in between, and our friendly robot will uh, ask you maybe some questions, and this book is yours, free of charge. But right now, we'll take a short break, and we'll be back uh, very soon. Just please stay with us. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.
Welcome back. You are listening to Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita. And in the studio with us is Tracy Papandreou and also over the phone, uh, David Delima from Family Voice Australia. We are talking uh, today about uh, money and uh, a very important question, I believe. What does the Bible say about giving and the church? And um, my dear friend, uh, just before the break, we talked about a book, which is a free offer, uh, The Giving Equation. You can send us a text message uh, to get that book uh, with the code SA44, and the book is yours, just to remind you about that. And maybe another thing I would like to mention, um, that uh, this weekend, uh, tomorrow, Saturday, uh, we have in town here, Robbie Bergen from uh, Faith FM, uh, he's uh, the producer of uh, Faith F- Experiment, and he's one of our bosses there in, with Faith FM from uh, Victoria. He's coming in Adelaide at uh, um, Tracy's Church mm, in Brighton. Looking forward to it. Yes, Brighton, that's number 10, Amelia Street, Hove. Exactly. And if you have some uh, free time, please uh, join us there, and you may want to see uh, Robin in person. Um, come along. Also, another um, little ad here I'd like to um, uh, to mention about a program which is going to start uh, very soon, uh, uh, not this weekend, but the weekend after, on the 21st of uh, uh, May, with our friend uh, Mark Wilson, right down there to Victor Harbour. And he's an excellent speaker. He travels the world around and visit all those uh, places in, um, you know, Iran and uh, um, Egypt and uh, Israel, the Holy Land and so on and so forth. And he's going to talk uh, uh, under this uh, amazing subject, amazing discoveries, ancient mysteries, reveal the future. And he's starting on the uh, 21st of May at 3.30 p.m., uh, with the topic Egypt, proof of God in the land of the pyramids. That will be uh, very interesting. Now, if you like to go there, you can contact uh, here Suzanne or Mark himself. Suzanne's number is 04-138-53581 or Mark on 04 and uh, secure your uh, spot there you know uh, that's happening very soon there are quite a few things going on with um, with studies around the place and we'll uh, come to that maybe in the next programs uh, to let you know how you can join us to study the Bible to know what the Bible says in regard to even money and uh, these things which we are talking about today but I'm just going to, to Tracy right now Tracy we need to open the Bible a bit, maybe read a few passages in the Bible uh, to see if the Bible has to say anything in regard to uh, money and uh, uh, how we relate mm. to it. Actually, it says quite a bit mm. uh, about it. And um, when I was looking at all of this, uh, it, it made me think about um, my understanding of things before I was born again. I was brought up as a, as a Catholic with a very nominal understanding of the Bible, but there was that that um, saying which you know we thought was from the Bible: um, "Money is the root of e- of evil." Mm. 
you know, mm. and, 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 you know, there are those images of uh, monks living in poverty and everything and this idea that, you know, maybe that's kind of the, 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 the most righteous way of, of living. But when you get into the Bible, you see, you know, there's, there's, it's so important to study the Bible and study it well so that you can understand the subtleties that are, that are there. And sometimes people take statements and they leave certain words out here and there that can change it completely. I think um, David made reference to, to this before. You know, in 1 Timothy 6.10, it talks about, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which is which is quite a different thing. It's talking about our attitude towards money. And Paul continues, um, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So what is he saying there? He's saying some people just had it so out of balance. You know, they made lots of mistakes because they had this covetousness towards money. And that obviously drove how how they, you know, how they um, directed their life and what they put their time to. Mm. You know, our attitude towards money really needs to be balanced in order that we can um, take the blessings from it and not the curses, which there are curses that can come from from money as well. Absolutely right. And yes, there there were a number of important uh, people in the Bible, you know, the patriarchs, which David uh, make uh, reference of uh, some of them, and um, who were blessed, you know, who were blessed by God with wealth. And uh, uh, we know that God is not against uh, anyone who is uh, wealthy. Yeah, I mean, people who who are are doing well financially shouldn't feel guilty, you know. If if they have a, a good, right attitude towards their money, they are looking to use it wisely as they believe that the Bible instructs them to. They shouldn't feel, you know... Bad that, mm. that that they have been blessed in in that way because we have examples in the Bible of people who were who were um, really blessed you know financially. Um, we think about um, Abraham and all of his flocks and all of his wealth that that he had. We think about Job. You know he had lots as well. I think it's Abraham and I might have this wrong, but I think it was Abraham that somebody said to me once. You know if you had to kind of line him up with today's situation he'd be like the bill gates mm, of of mm. those days kind of kind of thing um but we know that he was a very very faithful you know towards god and yet god blessed him with that with that wealth um we have to remember though that the wealth we have worked for is a result of God-given abilities to earn an income. So even if we can say, well, I deserve it because I worked really hard for it, um, you know, those, those abilities that we have, which have given us the opportunity to earn, those come from God too. Um, you know, Deuteron- Deuteronomy 8, 17 to 18 says, You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Sometimes that gets forgotten, especially when people have worked really hard yes. for what they've got. You know, there is that tendency to think, Well, I've got this because I worked hard. 
um, you know, but but we we need to come right back to the source of it, even our own abilities where, you know, we've had that to be able to work out. Those abilities have been given to us as a gift from God. Mm, mm. Yes, I wonder if David is still with us. Uh, David, are you there? Yes, yes. Like. you know, we mentioned about Job. I'm not sure if uh, you were able to maybe look uh, in the Bible and um, find out that passage yeah. in, in the book of Job, uh, where it speaks about that, um, uh, you know, he was a very rich man, and, uh, and we know how the story goes, that he lost everything, you know, at some point. But God mm-hmm. blessed him again, you know, and he had doubled than yes. he had before. Yes. Now, uh, one thing which just top of my head, you know, I remember that when it says that um, how, how Job treated wealth he said that for the needy he was you know help for for the widow he was a help for the um the blind he was an eye you know for the, you know that's how the the passage goes but i i didn't look into that uh, i was wondering if you came across that uh, verse yes it's in uh, chapter 29 of the book of job and also in chapter 31 so uh, in uh, chapter 31, he says, If I have denied the desires of the poor, or let the eyes of the widow grow weary, then uh, he would be in trouble with God. So he was one who certainly cared for those who are in need, and he had the financial capacity to do that. Mm. In chapter 29, when poor people or orphans cried out to help, I came to their rescue, he says. Yes. So uh, the, the, the people who were... Friendly towards Job, uh, we call them Job's comforters. They weren't very good at comforting. They they really accused him of doing wrong, but he he kept saying, "Look, well, tell me what I've done wrong." You know, he's done all these right things. His problem, of course, was was one of pride. He was happy to speak about his own righteousness and and didn't seem to recognise that God Himself was sovereign until God asked him those questions at the end of the book of Job. Well, where were you when I did this, that, and the other? And can you control the the uh, wild beasts that I've made? And do you know uh, how they're formed and so on? And suddenly Job became very humble mm. at that point. So Job Job was was righteous, but he was also proud at the same time, if that's possible. And he needed to be a bit more humble. But certainly he was rich and he gave to the poor. And then, of course, after all the trouble came... God gave it all back. He gave him a family again, and he gave him riches uh, once again. So, And also we think of Solomon, who, when he was asked by God in a dream, what do you want? He could have asked for riches mm. and for the death of his enemies, but he asked for wisdom. And God was so pleased that he'd answered prudently that he gave him not only wisdom, but also the death of his enemies and great riches. So he, Absolutely. Was, he was the richest king uh, ever. Yes. Uh, so... So riches, as uh, Tracy's pointed out, riches are not themselves evil. It's the love of these things. Yes. And when, when we make a God out of our riches or our possessions that we're in trouble. Yes. And, you know, uh, we are talking now about these figures in the Bible, but in everyday life today, there are people uh, in the church who are representing, you know, the church today with a lot of wealth and misrepresenting mis- uh, God in some aspects. You know, I'm just thinking now about um, another patriarch, to say so, of these days, you know, um, they like to call themselves patriarchs. I'm not sure what's God's because in the Bible, in the New Testament, it doesn't talk about that. It says about more about uh, teachers and, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, educators and things like that. But anyway, patriarch of Russia, you know, Kirill, uh, 
I just heard about on the news that his uh, wealth was kind of seized because of his uh, attitude towards, uh, you know, the war in Ukraine. I mean, he's a leader of the church there and his blessing, all the army and the tanks and everything else to go and kill people there. I'm, I'm not sure. You know, it's a it's very, very delicate, very interesting thing. But uh, uh, obviously, he must have lots of wealth. Then uh, that the, the, this world and the banks, they were thinking to seize his wealth. Yes, well, I don't know whether he owns that personally or by virtue of his office, but um, yes, we'll have to check that one after the mm. after the program. I think. Mm. But yeah, but in, anyway, um, look, uh, there are lots of things going on, and uh, it's very hard to uh, to put a finger there. The main thing is, as the Bible says it, the Bible educates us, the Bible teaches us mm. how to relate to wealth, which is not ours. It's mm. God's, but God entrusted yes. us to administrate this, and how we do it, it's, a, it's the big question. Now, uh, yeah. we just was talking a bit, and, and uh, Tracy here uh, mentioning about, um, you know, uh, um, just before, before, even before the break, you know, that uh, God uh, owns, you know, everything, you know, the cattle on the hills, and so on and so forth. Uh, now, um, uh, but some may ask why he chooses to bless some in this way and not others. Uh, what do you think about this, Tracy? And maybe David too. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I really think that many things about the way God ordered our lives, we're not going to understand until we're in heaven, actually. Um, you know, he sees the big picture. We see only a tiny, tiny window of that. You know, but sometimes we don't actually consult him in important decisions. And so his best plan for our lives doesn't necessarily come to fruition in terms mm. of how he may have wanted to bless us with wealth and resources. Um, but he also needs to be sure that he can bless us financially without it causing us to move away from him because we feel less need of his support. You know, sometimes... Um, Unfortunately, I think this is humankind, our default position is that uh, we feel our need for God when things are not necessarily going well for us, mm -hmm. but when things are going, you know, along nice and, you know, all, all super and dandy, um, then it's a little bit harder to have God as the central focus. Unfortunately, the Holy Spirit can change us, but um, unfortunately that's our default kind of position and God's not going to give us financial wealth if he knows he can't trust us, that it will um, be a blessing to us, that it will be a curse in terms of pulling us away from our relationship with him and possibly pulling us away from the opportunity to spend time with him in eternity. Mm. Um he also, and this is you know one of the big things, he blesses us so that we in turn can bless others. So you know, if 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 he knows we don't really have that bit mm. right, uh, you know, he's probably a little bit less likely to to give us a great blessing in in that regard. Yeah, I may ask you to share a little bit more on uh, on this, but just just before we we're going um, uh, further, you know, wealth doesn't mean that all this comes from God. No, exactly, exactly. You know, it can come from a totally different source, which may not be in our advantage or to bless us. We may think that it's in our uh, advantage, 
but actually it can be a curse. It's easy, you know, when something happens to us which the world would see is something great, you know, that, that you know, there is a tendency to say, oh, God's blessed me. You know, but as I was saying before, you know, God's not going to give us money and, you know, make us wealthy if he knows it's going to draw us away. But, mm. you know, the enemy might um, like to do that if he knows that that's exactly what's going to happen. So, you know, we have this, you know, controversy between good and evil that's mm. always going on. So, And yeah. he can offer because Satan, you know, uh, offered Jesus. Yes. Offer Jesus, you know, all the world, everything in this world. I'm not sure if he was entitled to offer that to Jesus, but, uh, you know, he had that uh, um, boldness. Uh, you know, I, I remember a friend of mine, um, we grew up together, you know, and uh, they were a very nice family for, from a very good, solid, uh, stable family. And, um, yeah, quite, quite on the top in, in the village there. And I remember we moved to the city, both of us being young there, and later on he won a lottery thing, you know. And he was a very nice guy, you know, very good friend of mine. And with his family, now he got married, you know. As soon as he won that lottery thing, all the problems came uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the family, you know, because everyone wants a little bit here, a little bit there, you know, and things like that. And yeah, that's not always the blessings of the money. It depends how it comes. It, it's it's how we uh, offer that generosity with what we have. We talked the other night about that uh, uh, widow, you know, the lady who gave everything what she had. That those two two mites, uh, two mites mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and um, Jesus makes uh, a difference there. Say, hey, you'd give from what you have uh, from abundance. Yeah, but what's this, left over. Yes, yeah. but this lady, she gave from her heart, mm. everything what she had. Mm. David, do you have any comments on that? Yes, indeed. Uh, well, Jesus also said that uh, God makes the sun to shine on on the good and evil and uh, the rains to fall on the just and the unjust. So there is a, a certain equality in God's dealing with humanity and freedom of choice as to what we do with the sunshine and the rain that falls upon our mm. fields. So mm. uh, it is certainly, as Tracy says, one of those mysteries that we, we never fully understand and, and won't until the end of time. But uh, as a general principle, uh, poor people are poor either because they are oppressed or because they are superstitious or mm. because they are ignorant. Yes, yes. And uh, the oppression is the, is the hard one to deal with, and our hearts go out to the people of the Ukraine who are being oppressed and therefore being made, they're forced into poverty as a result and, and, and worse. But oppression... Uh, is hard to deal with. Uh, it's a it's a pity we can't be loving our Ukrainian neighbours a bit more thoroughly, but mm. that's another matter for mm. another day. Yeah. So superstition uh, can be dealt with as we share the gospel of Jesus with people, and then ignorance can be remedied through education. But of course, people get stuck in a rut, and it's not sufficient simply to tell people what they should and could be doing. Mm. We really have to show them. Yeah, we have to. Yeah. Get, uh, roll up our sleeves and get alongside them to show them. Absolutely right, David. Wealth. Yes, and, uh, and as we as we do these things, uh, there's there's no limit to the ability of people to be to be enriched. Mm. But it is entirely correct also to say that God Himself presides over the process, and He will bless those who follow Him, and He will chastise those who don't. And so, to some extent, the 
trouble that we that we bring on ourselves is exactly that. Yeah. Uh, it is because we have not submitted ourselves to God. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right, absolutely right. Um, I may turn to Tracy a little bit more. Uh, Tracy, are you able to share a little bit more with uh, with us um, what God wants from uh, from us in regard to being generous giver? Well, God wants us to give with the right heart. Mm. You know, He doesn't want us to give begrudgingly. Oh, yeah, I know. I guess I have to do this. You know, um, He two, two Corinthians nine six to eight says each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So when we've got that right approach towards our our attitude towards money and we have that heart to want to give either uh, into the church for the work that they are doing or to others who we see have need, um, we should be doing it with, um, you know, with a heart that is open and God wants to be able to bless others through us and also through the community of the church. Absolutely right and some people are worried uh, Tracy um, about that idea of giving money to the church it gives them uh, you know that idea that the church is just looking for um, making money of people Uh, what does the Bible have to say about that can you share? Well you know um We've talked about in the past, I bring it up all the time, you know, 1 Timothy 3.16 about the Bible, I'm just summarise here, the Bible being an inspired um, a command, inspired to... Um, to make changes in the person and to give them direction and to ensure that they become fully what God has planned them to be. And so we read the Bible and understand and and go along with what the Bible has to say with regards to this, even if, you know, um, people in the world might think it's quite strange um, us giving money to the church but we're actually instructed to return a tenth of our gain to God and the way he asks us to do this is via the church so in Leviticus 27 30 it says a tithe of everything from the land whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord it is holy to the Lord and the word tithe might be um, a word that some listeners are not familiar with um, but in the Bible in the uh, dictionary I looked it up it says one tenth of annual produce or earnings formally taken as a tax for the support of the church and the clergy and some people might think you know I'm reading out Leviticus you know my definition there talked about formally taken as a tax for the support maybe this is something that was just for the Old Testament times mm, and mm. really not for today but I think we should go and look at what Jesus had to say about it. Jesus made it clear that tithing is an expected part of our practice as a Christian. In Matthew 23, 23, he was um, giving a, um, a dressing down to the, to the Pharisees because of um, their tendency to want to bend and twist yeah. uh, the law to, to suit them. And he said, Woe to you, teacher of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected 
with the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So mm-hmm. he's saying, hey, you know, you're being so um, legalistic about giving this tithe, but you're not actually thinking about these other things which are important as well. But he doesn't say, you know, this one's important, that one don't worry about. He says... You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So he's saying both the tithe and giving in terms of your resources are important, but giving in terms of having the right attitude with um, approaching people with justice, mercy and faithfulness is important too. Both of those things are important in the life of the Christian. Absolutely right. And uh, you talk about uh, Timothy, and uh, yeah, I think it was just by accident you said First Timothy, Second Timothy, actually. Oh, yeah, but yes. yeah, Second Timothy, T16. But I'd like to, to read that uh, verse again because I think that relates to even what we're talking about here. Mm. Because it says uh, uh, here, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach, to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Even about money, even about tithes. You mentioned about, mm. uh, about the tithes. Um, it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. This is from a New Living Translation, but it's a wonderful passage in the Bible. I, I really like that one. And uh, as you just uh, said, uh, Tracy, talking about uh, tithes. In, in the Bible. We must follow what the Word yeah. tells us, even if, you know, it seems strange to the world, even if, you know, I've had people say to me, oh, yeah, you know, you give your money and the church just wants your money mm. kind of kind mm. of thing. So to a worldly mind, it's, you know, you're crazy. I mentioned last night uh, on the program that uh, I came across people who didn't have to do much with the Christianity and they were mm. giving tithe because they experience blessings. Yes. And uh, that's another thing. But, okay, you mentioned about this. So, uh, what are the expectations of how the tithe is supposed to be used for and by the church? Mm-hmm. Um in the Old Testament, go back to the, the word. We're talking about how it's important that we that we um, we line our lives up with the scripture. In the Old Testament, the the Levites they lived off the tithe. And mm. Numbers eighteen twenty twenty one talks about that and what how it's meant to be used. Um, it says here, Then the Lord said to Aaron, You shall have no inheritance in their land, nor shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion and your inheritance among the children of um, of Israel. Uh, Behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tithes in Israel as an inheritance in return for the work which they perform, the work of the tabernacle of meeting. Mm. So, all of the tribes except the Levites, they got their land and all of that kind of thing. But the Levites didn't get that. Instead, yeah. they had the um, they were supported by the tithes that were given from the community into the church. So it was used to support those who minister for the for the gospel. You know, so, absolutely right. So yeah. Hey, uh, the time is going very quickly, and we have maybe just uh, three three minutes um, to to just bring it together a bit. I may ask you both of you, uh, Tracy and and David, um, because we are talking about now uh, tithes and giving to the church. Uh, what about some people who are struggling financially, and the idea of having to give uh, their uh, tenth, you know, uh, their tithes? 
to the church. What? Let, let me ask you, David, yourself first. Well, I think we can all give something, and uh, it would be foolish, of course, to put ourselves in a position where we are in need uh, simply to uh, fulfill an obligation, because we would then, in fact, put our, put our burden back on the church. So the the uh, it's interesting that the the poor widow gave all she had to live on, mm. but I'm not sure that the Lord exactly was commending her, but rather he was comparing her to those who were making a big show of wealthy donations, but they could afford to give that. So there was a difference there, and it's a question of what's going on in the heart. And while people may struggle financially, there are other ways in which they can make a contribution. Yeah, what I'd what like to say there, David, sorry to interrupt you there, because I think, yeah, just because of lack of time, uh, you're right what you're saying there, even though I think that if God puts in your heart... Maybe it puts in in that uh, in the heart of the the woman to give all. Uh, probably God knows why. God knows yeah. why. And then in the Bible says that the others who have more they have to look after. Even about this this lady, she was a widow, you know, and she was entitled from the Bible to receive support from the church. Okay, but yeah. she gave everything what she had, you know, instead of being, uh, you know. To hold back, I think that was the the principle there. Uh, but yeah, just uh, yeah, go ahead, uh, David, for thirty seconds. Yes, uh, the the role of women in, in the Bible is worth uh, exploring because there were women who were helping to support Jesus Himself and the mm. disciples out of their own means. Mm. It says, and also the woman of Proverbs thirty one, she is able to purchase land. With her own money, out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sees that her trading is profitable, and she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. So uh, she's able to be generous because she is a wealth creator. So it's not not in there in the scriptures for us today. Absolutely right. All right, Tracy, what would you like to share? Maybe some passages in the Bible in regard to this. Yeah, well, I would just um, say. Um from my own experience that I've been in situations um, not where I have been struggling financially but where I've struggled, you know, in terms of um, giving. Mm. And I can only say that where I have, um, you know, I, it's it's, and I, and I know this doesn't happen to everybody, but I've been, you know, return blessed financially. So I would just say that people, if they are convicted – that this is what God wants them to be doing, but they're struggling with it, then I would say pray about it. Absolutely because right. I, I really believe that God can order events. You know, things like I've saved money to to buy a couch, but I see that somebody is needing something. I give my money to the needy, and I think, how will I afford this? And then suddenly something's on sale for half yeah, price. absolutely. The things like that happen. And, and you know, you God know? said in the Bible, put me to test and see if I wouldn't open the windows of heaven for you. Yes, yes. Mm. Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. So that's kind of where I come from. Oh, that's very good. Hey, guys, um, time is up, uh, but uh, we are able maybe in, uh, again, 30 seconds each, maybe to bring it together and maybe pray. 
pray for those people who are struggling in regard to the giving, to gen- generosity, to church, uh, having maybe uh, even a bad experience, maybe seeing or knowing that uh, money were misused. Because you see, the church is not perfect, uh, but we need to trust in God. Let's just very, very quickly bring it together. David, uh, 15 seconds. <laughs> yes. Our Father, we give thanks that you send your sunshine on all of humanity and the rain. And we do pray that we would be grateful for the way that this common grace is available to us all. But above all, we thank you for sending Jesus in your greatest mm. act of generosity ever. And we do pray that our listeners will receive him and accept him as Saviour and Lord and follow in all the ways that we'll be honouring to him, including settling down, earning our bread, and being able to be generous Amen. to others. Mm. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, thank you so much, everyone, for being uh, part of this program today. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, David. Uh, may God bless you. And um, uh, looking forward to um, to come across you again next uh, time. Until then, may God richly bless you and keep walking safely uh, in the footsteps of Jesus. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.